0: haven't we I trust I hope that you have experienced more and more of God's presence with his peace during this time but uh, I want to encourage us this morning on this last uh, message in this series is that really take hold of the fullness that God wants you to have in his peace. I know we've had lots of things that challenges us, that disturbs our peace. We've been talking about so many different emotions. We've been talking about so many particular schemes and devices that the enemy tries to come into our emotions, into our minds, into our hearts. Things happen And we have had to deal with so much. We have talked about how fear will try to disturb our peace or anxiety or shame or doubt or skepticism or pessimism or anger. And yes, even when we get weary and tired, we have fallen into a fatigue moment that we are so vulnerable to other things moving in when we get tired and we no longer have the strength and the wherewithal to fight and then that seems to be when the enemy gets us the most is that in that moment discouragement this feeling of discouragement moves in and this one's very important that we make a that we make a stand on this we all get discouraged there's always moments of discouragement but the danger is to stay there you you will never be able to shield ourselves from a season of sometimes of when we truly get discouraged and discouragement yeah it's you think about that word, it just literally means the courage has been sucked right out of you. Discouraged. And you find in that moment that if you stay there, that's when what we have called depression. We're not mentioning that word depression, but prolonged discouragement. When we stay there. Then we are struck with complete depression. Even chronic. Constant depression. So we're in trouble. We're in trouble. And it's in that moment that of course. We need Jesus to show up. On the scene. Because we have reached the pit. We have reached the bottom. So our goal. Our goal in this series, our goal during this season is that we will discover and sustain the perfect peace of God in our hearts. Even when there is the presence of fear or anxiety or fatigue or pessimism or doubt or any of those emotional things that we all go through that there is no There is no avoiding that. But at the same time, we know who to go to. And we know who to draw from. To draw from that person of Jesus. To give us peace in the midst of our despair. Of our discouragement. And yes, even in moments of depression. So I... We have looked at a key text in John 14, 27 that it is a gift from Jesus. Jesus told us he gives us his peace. This is like the best of the best, isn't it? The gift of peace that Jesus gives. Why? Because it's not like any other peace. In fact, it's the only peace that truly gives peace. It is the only peace that really gives us peace from everything, everything, every experience, every situation. His peace has an answer for it all. We're going to be talking in the next three weeks leading up to Resurrection Sunday and Jesus, of course, rising from the dead and he is alive, but... I'm looking at John chapter 20, and I'm seeing the disciples in a place where they are depressed. They are discouraged. They, in fact, I, I will propose to you that we have no idea how discouraged they were after Jesus died. For three days, they had to sweat it out. For three days, they went through all of the emotions. Their world had literally crashed. Their whole life. Their whole life was sold out to Jesus, and it had just crashed in upon them that Jesus was gone. And John 20, it says, So it was on the evening of the same day, the same day, the same day, the same day of Jesus rising from the dead. They didn't know. It was the first day of the week. Though the disciples were meeting. Now here, here's where they were. They were hunkered down. They were sheltered in place. They were behind bars. They were behind walls. They were hiding. They were Fearful of their lives because their world had completely shattered. And so John mentions it here that they were behind barred doors for fear of the Jews. And then it says Jesus came and stood among them. And of all things, I love this because Jesus knew exactly what they needed to hear first. Jesus knows exactly what you need to hear first. And of all things, it's his peace. Because once he knows you're at peace, then a lot of other things can happen. Then you're ready to hear everything he has to say. Then you're ready to do everything that he has called you to do. Because when you have that peace, it's going to be all right. Yes? After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with great joy. Then Jesus said to them again. You think Jesus wants you to have this gift of peace? Why would he say it again? Because they didn't have it yet. I mean, Jesus said, peace be unto you. Now look at my hand. Look at my feet. But then he looks at him again. Oh, that didn't do it. All right, let's do it again. (laughs) Peace be unto you. And then he said, I've got a mission. Receive my peace. Because as the Father has sent me, now I'm sending you. And then I love the rest of it, of course. It says that he... He breathed on them. And it literally was not the breath of man. I don't believe that. I believe it was the breath of God. It was the breath of the Holy Spirit because he said, receive the Holy Spirit. And their lives were changed. The peace of God, he spoke to them. The breath of God, he breathed upon them. He gave them mission and he gave them the anointing and the presence of his Holy Spirit. Because he knew in flesh and blood, he was not going to stay in flesh and blood. But in spirit, he had established himself at that moment. Yes, I know in Acts 2, it came with a fulfillment and a filling. And an overflowing. But you know. I think if we talk about Satan's goal. Satan's goal yes. He does come to steal. And kill. And destroy. But you know what. There is something on you. That Satan cannot kill you. Satan cannot kill you. When you are one of God's. I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you that that this is the way it is. It's in his word that you belong to him. And he is the giver of life. And he's the one. He's the one who counts your days. Satan cannot touch you just like in the days of Job. Yes, in the days of Job. Even that, God had a boundary and said, you can do this and this and this and this. But you can't kill him. But he does. He can come in with discouragement. He can come in with fear. There is a season and a time that he is allowed access. But you have everything you need to fight against him. You have everything you need to be victorious. And that's what brings glory and honor to God is that you can do that kind of thing. His ultimate weapon is discouragement. So we're going to look at David again, King David. We're going to look at King David because God knows that King David had much to be discouraged about. He had so much against him. Even when God was for him? He was feeling, he had feelings all the time of, of God deserting him or, or, you know, his enemies and all of that. So we're going to look at a scripture, Psalm 42. Psalm 42. These are words from David. Now if you look in your Bible, you might look in your Bible and it'll say the psalm is of the sons of Korah. Well, they might have wrote, they might have written the music and, you know, did the hymn and all of that, but it's these are David's words out of his heart. And there is speculation, I will, was this psalm written in response? Was this David's cry in response to when he was a fugitive running from Saul? Or is it when his son Absalom turned on him, betrayed him. Well, it's one or the other. In any case, big problems, huh? So in Psalm 42, and some of you old timers will remember we used to sing, sing this psalm, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul longeth after thee. <laughs> Yes? Well, we're going to read it this morning out of the NLT. As the deer longs for streams of water, so long for you, O God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I go and stand before Him? Day and night I have only tears for food, while my enemies continually Taught me, saying, where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking. David said, my heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. When you're discouraged, when you're in discouragement, isn't that where we go? We start remembering. When it wasn't like this, when it used to be that. We start remembering the good old days, as we might call them. You know, I remember. Do you remember before COVID? Do you remember when you had that amazing job? Do you remember when you had that short commute? Do you remember when 99 cents a gallon of gas? Do you remember those days? When I remember David's heart was breaking, and when our heart is breaking, we try to go to a place of comfort. We go to a place of consolation, and we have recall of things of how it used to be, at least from our perception. He said, he's remembering how it used to be. For David, this is what he remembered. He says, I remember when I walked among the crowds of worshipers, Leading a great procession to the house of God. Singing for joy and giving thanks amid the sound of a great celebration. David was a leader. He was a leader. He was a warrior. He was a worshipper. He remembers those days when the people loved him. And he's got haters now. He doesn't understand how it is. He's living with the haters. And now he remembers the days though when they just worshiped together and they gathered together. I remember the good old days. Remember when? We do that when we get discouraged. Now I want you to know we're gonna we're gonna stay with this chapter here, and I picked out some words that just stand out to me because I think they stand out in our language in our narrative when we're discouraged. I think we can really identify with David. Is yes, my heart is breaking, and I remember when am I'm, I'm doing the remembering when. But at the same time, David had a way, he did have a way of saying in his heart, wait a minute, hold on, wait a minute, I know who I am, and I know who my God is, and yet all of this is happening to me. What's going on? So David, this is why he was a man after God's own heart, because he would really tell him what he thinks. He would really be himself and share his heart. And not question, well, is this appropriate? Is this this right? I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful or anything. No, he had a relationship that was pretty real with God. So he also had a good, keen sense of who he was. Are you a good student of who you are? Because he says this, Why am I discouraged? You know, when we move into discouragement, that's the first thing we probably do need to ask. Why am I thinking like this? Why am I feeling like this? Wait a minute, what's going on? Why? Why in the world would I be discouraged right now? Why is my heart so sad? So I underlined that in in my digital Bible here. Why? We ask why. But I love it because David had this way that he would go over here, but he wouldn't stay there. He would never stay there. He would shake himself somehow. He He would just move from there and realize, I can't stay here, I'm going to believe over here. I'm going to go here. So he said, why am I discouraged? Why am I cast down? Why? And then he said, I will. Say, I will. I will. The the strength of our free will is so powerful. And when it comes out of your mouth, it's even stronger. Not just think it. David wasn't thinking it. He was saying it. This was out loud. He was was saying his thoughts out loud. I will put my hope in God. I will praise him. Now underline this word again. I will again. I will trust God. I will hope in God. And I will. In other words, he knows this is not permanent. David had a way of faith to know that none of this stuff is permanent. He's not staying there. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. And then he goes back again. I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizar. I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. He's talking about the presence of God. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And though each night I sing his songs, praying to God who gives life, Oh my God, my rock, I cry. Now he goes back to the why. Now he's back at the why. Why have you? Oh, now he is talking to God. Before it's why am I? Why am I this? And why am I that? And he's not challenging God. Just this is my problem. I'm owning it. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. Why God? Why am I deeply discouraged? Why have you forgotten me, God? Why must I wander around in grief, oppressed by my enemies? Their taunts, their taunts, my enemies, they break my bones. They scoff. Where is this God of yours? More why. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? But he comes back to it. So you see the dynamic here? You see the dynamic in this psalm? I do love it because David, he's talking about himself. Why am I like this? But I will do this. Why do you, God, do this? But I will still trust you. I will believe. He said, I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. This is a, if there is such thing as a formula, this is a great formula. You know, through your discouragement. Can you be real? Can you question God? Can you question yourself? Why is it like this? Why you, God? Why do my enemies do this, God? But yet, at the same time, I don't leave it there. I will. I will hope in God. I will praise Him again. I will come out of this. The Lord is my deliverer. He is my Savior. He can pull me out of this. So, discouragement can be defined. We have a definition, and we would call it a loss of heart. You've not only had a gut punch, but literally, you've been punched right in the heart, and you just don't have it anymore. You're at the end of your rope. What are some of those symptoms? Well, David had them. You see it in this psalm. When he says, where are you? He felt confused and hopeless. He felt he had emotional and even physical pain. I do. I think it, even after a while, discouragement and depression and despair, they're no longer just feelings. they actually do move into your physical body. And you have symptoms. That's why I said, when he talked about his bones, his bones were aching. This third one here, a loss of interest in good things. A loss of interest in good things. You show me someone that's really deeply discouraged or deeply depressed, they no longer have a hunger and a motivation to do the things that once brought them joy. Even the passions of their life. The things that used to work. Oh, when I got sad or if I got discouraged I would go to that. I would go to that and it would make me feel better. But you know you're in deep trouble when you no longer desire to pursue that. You don't want to go there anymore. That's what happens. Or there's an irritableness. Or you have a real high sensitivity to words. You get offended easier. You get your feelings hurt easier. You're very vulnerable. You're very vulnerable when you're discouraged. Those are big, big symptoms. And sometimes even this kind of stuff gets built into our lives. It, it It's not, look, you don't wake up one morning and go, I'm so discouraged. Or, even more so, I am so depressed. There's been things going on that build up and build up and build up, whether it's Habitual, not getting enough sleep, not getting enough exercise, not eating the right way. You're you're even, whether you know it or not, you're even feeling a little guilt. And guilt, if not dealt with, turns into condemnation. And you live with it. And then it impacts every part of your life. It impacts your relationships. It impacts how you perform on the job. It impacts your parenting. It impacts everything. Weariness. Feeling overwhelmed. Feeling alone. Continual unmet expectations. Repeated failures or defeat. Or just the delays. The delays. Proverbs says that hope is deferred. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Unmet expectations. Disappointments. All of those things. Dreams that have been unfulfilled. Delays. And you know how the saying goes. You know, God gives us dreams and Delays doesn't mean denial, it just means delay. (laughs) I hope that we could begin, and maybe, maybe I'm preaching to us here this morning, that we all have areas that we might be really discouraged. I know in the ministry, I never lack for looking at things that I could be discouraged about. It's it's like what Jesus said about the poor. The poor, you always have with you. Discouragement, there's always opportunity. There's always opportunity for something to get discouraged about. But may we remember like David would remember. Remember his God and remember how good he is. And remember that you are going to rise up and you will praise him. This will not last. It does not last. Joy does come in the morning. And if you've ever had a rough night, Sleeping, you know what I'm talking about. Don't you hate that? And you're, for some reason, we just stay in bed. And we think we're just going to gut it out. And we just have a hope that I will fall asleep any second. But then we also have a fear that I will never fall asleep. I'm going to be, and I'm going to be so tired tomorrow, and I'm going to be so grumpy and so irritable and so unmotivated. Why? Because you're going to be so discouraged. That does kind of duplicate itself through all kinds of things in life. But let's dismantle discouragement this morning can we do that let me say this feeling discouraged is not a sin because that compounds the discouragement I'm discouraged oh I'm not believing God oh I don't have enough faith oh you know you know what I mean And the next thing you know, you sinner. Shame on you. A man of God, a woman of God, full of the Holy Spirit. How dare you? How dare you have a sad face? It's not a sin. But let me say this, with it, surrendering your future to a feeling that's the tragic mistake. Surrendering your future of what is to come all because, and really, it's not truth. I, I, can't, even say it's, I can't even say it's a lie. You can't, you can't even bring that to the table and say, is it a truth or is it a lie? No, it's a feeling. Feelings are pretty neutral most of the time. They really are. They're just feelings. But may we not let those feelings stop us from pursuing the will of God and our future. The biggest danger is allowing it. Allowing your feelings to lead you and to dictate your decisions. Have you ever heard someone say, Hey, don't make that decision right now? Don't don't no, don't make that decision right now. Why? Because you're too emotional. And then you're ticked off at that. What do you mean I'm too emotional? I have a decision to make here. No, no, trust me. You need to calm down. You need to, as we heard in the pre-service prayer, you need to cap capture that thought you need to capture those emotions too is emotion bad? no but emotions do need to be captured and you need to possess your emotions and not let your emotions possess you you're the boss and David understood that David could say why 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 but then he also understood he was in charge and he could still say, I will. Yeah, I'm feeling these things. I have these questions, but I will. I will. So I'm not going to let this feeling dictate my future. I'm not going to let it lead me. I am led by the Spirit of God, not by my emotions or feelings. I am guided by the Word of the Lord. I am guided By the truth of God, regardless of my feelings. What is true is the most important. It is not what you feel. Because that's where depression, that's where depression lives, that's where discouragement lives. Because we do, we need to identify these things exactly for what they are. They, every one of them that we've been preaching on. Every one of them. Our feelings, our emotions. They they speak to your soul. You wonder where they enter in and where they like to reside in your soul. Because your soul is your feel-good place. Your Your soul is where your mind is. Your soul is where your emotions are. So that's really your battleground right there. So the dismantled discouragement, David understood, he understood the password to peace. Remember our first Sunday with Pastor David on the DVD, he talked about the password, the password to peace. I don't know if you've got those written down somewhere. There's three of them. But the password is, first of all, who is God? Who God is, right? Understand who God is. What is God asking me to believe? And what is God asking me to do? So who is God? God is love. He gives you love. Remember how much God loves you. Don't ever doubt that. And remember that God, it is God who gives you life. And I want to say this again. God is the only one that can give you peace. Peace that endures. Peace that abides. Peace that is sustained. Peace that is real. Because when Jesus said the world gives a peace, what is the world? It's all temporary. It's all material. It's all natural. I can get get some peace if I'm out in the middle of a lake and you give me a boat to climb into so I don't have to tread water anymore. That's a certain amount of peace, right? Right? But we know that's all temporary. God gives you lasting peace. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. The Apostle Paul, he had to pursue the peace of God all the time. All the time. And he said, we are pressed on every side by troubles but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, (laughs) but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not Destroyed. Again, knowing that the peace of God is with you. Why? Because Jesus is with you. You know why the apostles had peace when Jesus came through the walls? He came through the walls. And it probably, just that act in itself scared them to death. We're all going to die. It looks like Jesus. he's like, relax, boys. Peace. Peace. This is who I am. You know why he had to do that? Because seriously, they they could have thought he was a ghost, a demon, you know, some spirit that they have never seen. No, guys, it's really me. It's really me. So peace be unto you. And what gave them peace, I'm going to tell you is knowing full well that Jesus was with them and he wasn't going to leave them. Hear me now. Yes, I know, flesh and blood, he left. But like I told you, Jesus was with him. He told them in John 14 and 15, I'm, I'm going to send him and he's not going to leave you. Then he said, I'm going to be with you. I'm, I and my Father are going to dwell, abide with you. I don't know about you, but that is what gives me peace. It has all my ministry, all my life. I only need to know one thing. I only need to remember one thing. Is he here? Is he here? Is he with me right now? Because if he is with me, and I know he is with me, and I believe he is with me, I have all the peace that I need. Yes. So it's like I said earlier, we have to receive it. Receive it. Don't reject it. Don't push it away. Don't argue it away. Receive it. Let's bow our heads. In to talk to him in your heart right now. Where is it you need him? Where is it that you need him to speak peace into that place in your heart? Is it into a family situation? Is it in a financial? Is it into your future? Is it anxiety or or some? Stress that you have or lack of peace about your kids wherever it is let him let him say to you today I am with you I am with you I come even through the walls of your heart I come through even the bars that surround you that you have shut yourself in You have protected yourself. You have sheltered yourself away. It is I the Lord who comes. Even through that. I come to you. Even when you're not coming to me. I come to you. I find you. I found you. And I am giving peace to you as a gift not for something that you have to earn or deserve or any such thing. I give because I love you. I give because I'm with you, even to the ends of the age, even the ends of the world, through your whole life at all times. I am with you and I will not leave you and I will not forsake you. These are the words Of my will, my will is, I will not leave. I will stay. Let that be peace unto you. Peace that never can go away and never be taken from you. Remember the words of the Lord today. Father, thank you for allowing us to pursue your peace. But, Lord, we're not pursuers anymore. We're not pursuing your peace. We are recipients of your peace. Lord, we are houses of your peace. We are givers of your peace. There were ever a second half. There was ever a second half to a series. I'll tell you what I would do with the second half of this. The second half of it is freely you have received, but it's not just for you. Now you freely give. Do you realize you're dispensers of the same piece that you have received? Now you go. And you impart peace, impart peace to those around you, those that you know need the peace of Jesus so much. And you can be, you can be a witness of that. You can be a trans, transfer of that. Do you remember Jesus in Luke 10? When he sent the seventy out, he sent them two by two, and he sent them to the door. And what he did what was the brief instructions? Very brief instructions he gave. He said, "You go to them. If they welcome you, you enter into their house, and you speak peace to that house, to that place, to that family." Wow. And ironically, it's in that same text, same context. They returned, right? And they were so thrilled because they even cast out demons. The manifestation of the kingdom with the message of peace, a message of peace, the kingdom of God came. And Jesus said, yes, I know I saw Satan falling like lightning. Because you guys simply went to the door and imparted peace. Don't underestimate the power of your peace of Jesus that you have received.